Begin the current daf. Mesechtes Baba Kama daf Tzadi Hey. Begin seven lines down by the top of the Yamad. Where the Gemara continues explaining our Mishnah, which opened up this parak Parak Gozel Eitzim, which the Mishnah said primarily the concept of the Kol Gazlan Mishalma Kishas Gzela. When someone steals something, no matter what happens to it, since he acquires it with a change, what's called Shina Kaina, it becomes his. Now he already owes that amount of money. Now whatever happens to it after that point, if it goes up in value, that belongs to the Goslin, and he only has to pay Kashas Gzela. So one of the cases the Mishnah mentioned was, Goslin par muberis v'yalda, b'chulu, if someone steals a pregnant cow and it gives birth, he does not have to pay for the value, he doesn't have to give back the, the child itself, Rather, he has to give it back. How much was it worth as a fetus in its mother's womb? How much she has to pay for that cow? That's the value he has to pay back. But the cow itself, the, 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 the child, he gets to keep. In other words, the increase that increased in the Gazan's domain that he doesn't pay for. Now, turn about Linda Bryce, actually, it's a three remachlik regarding how we evaluate a stolen object that then goes up in value afterwards. The Bryce says, If someone steals a female sheep and shears the wool, or power of or a cow, and it gives birth. So the first opinion says, Mishalim Isa, Ves Gizeseha, Ves Vlodeseha, Debre Meir. Meir actually says, not like the Allah of a Mishnah, that whatever he took from that person, and whatever it increased, he has to pay for that. So although he it gave birth in his domain, he has to pay for the child, he has to pay for the sharing of the wool, everything he has to give back that came from the person that he stole. Second opinion, he says, What he stole goes back as it is right now. So if it already gave birth, he gives it back as an empty cow. Now, then afterwards, of course, he has to pay for the value of the, of the wool that it had or the fetus that it was carrying at the time when he stole it. It's just that the increase that it went up afterwards, that he doesn't have to give. Neither does he have to give the, the, the increased value that the child is now that after it's born. Because Rabbi Huda does not penalize the Goslin, and he acquired it at the time when he when he stole it, when he did a kinyan, when the change. Now, but however, as Rashi points out, was definitely the value that it was worth at the time when he stole it. There, there was no opinion that the, for for any thief that he would have to pay less than how much it was worth at the time that he stole it. So it was worth at least a para that was a medis lele. It was a it was a pregnant cow that he has to give at least that a value. No. He's giving back the cow as is, with sands the child, without the child inside. But of course, he has to pay for that value. Just doesn't have to give back the child itself because that's worth more than it was at the time than when he stole it. he says, We we view what he stole as if it was evaluated with monetary value from the moment that he stole it, and he only has to give that value how much it was worth when he stole it. And later on, the Ahmed Bayes, Gemara explained what's the machlek between Rabbi Hudin and Rabbi They both seem to be saying the same idea that you don't have to pay for the increased value of what was stolen more than what it was, Kishas Exela. The first thing we're going to discuss is the first of the three opinions. Ibarulu, the following question. My time of what's the reason of Rameh that he says you got to give everything, even when it increased in value, even when it went through that change, you have to give everything back to the one that was stolen from? What's the reason of his Allah? As the Gemara explains. Is it because he holds that even the change retains its original status and therefore it's not going to be considered a Kenyan for the Gaza? And then whatever it got increased, it got children, who knows, whatever, it all goes back to the source, which is the animal which is owned by the one that it was taken from. Or maybe no. In general, Rameya holds that a Shini would be a Kenyan. 
But here the rabbis made a penalty, which is known as Shaloyhechaitiniska. We don't want a sinner to gain by the theft, that now it increased in value after he had in the possession that he should gain. No, that we don't want. Although generally a Shina would be a Kenyan, but for a Gazlan, we don't want him to gain. So we say, whatever went up in benefit, you still got to give it back to the original owner. Now, Lamai Nafkimina, what's Allah's relevancy? Who cares what the reason is? If because he'll Shina is not Kaino, or really it usually is Kaino, but the rabbis penalized him, either way he's got to give everything back. No, the difference would be for a case, Lahecha, where it didn't go up in value, to the contrary, the Chachsha Michshash, where it actually went down in value. If you say the reason is because he holds Shina bin Kaimi Oymed, that the change has no relevance to the Gazlan, it was always considered in exiles. So then, he could give it back as it is right now in its depreciated position because it was always yours. But if the reason why we said that he doesn't get to keep the Shvach is not because the Shina is not Kaina, really, Shina is Kaina. It's just that the rabbis penalized him, so now he would have to pay according to what it was worth when he stole it because. The fact that it went down was the loss of the Gazan because he acquired it. He really has to pay Kishas Exela. It's just that we penalize him that we want him to get the gains. But for the losses, of course, he would have to compensate the Nigzal. So what's the reason of Remeyer? Because again, it would make a difference regarding when it went down instead of going up the value. So Jumar says, Toshima, come on here, let's bring a Raya from a Mishnah on the next daf in the Tzadivavim base. The Mishnah says, Gazal behemah v'hizkina. If somebody robbed an animal and it got older, where that's a change for the worse, because it gets weakened as it gets older. Or avadamizkinu, or slaves and they got older. So says the Tanakam, he has to pay how much it was worth when he stole. Again, that's of the opinion as our Mishnah of Shina being Kaina. He says, by slaves, he tells the owner of the slave who he stole it from, Here, here's what is yours, and he gives it back as he is in that elderly state. Now, Says the Gemara, the inference is that Remei was only disputing regarding a slave. But regarding an animal, he would not be able to say, okay, take him as he is right now. He would have to pay him how much the original it was worth when it was, was when he stole it, and not how much it's l- worth less now at the time of when he's giving it back to him. And if you go on the entertain to say that that a Shinu remains in its original position, and that's the reason for his halacha over here in the Bryces, because the Shinu is not Kaina. So of course you got to give everything back. Then then why? Then even by the case of Behema, not just by an Eved, you should say, here, it's yours. What do you want from me? I, I was never Kaina. The fact that I get older, it's your loss, not my loss. Elalav, rather we could infer from that Mishnah, Shema Minok, Obviously we may hold that Shinui is a Kenyan in general. And that's why by the case of Behemoth, where it, went, it became elderly, okay, so therefore he has to go ahead and pay him Kishas Exela, because by lower down, of course he was Kenyan. It's only over here in our Halach of our Brisa, where it went up in value, where there they penalize it. We don't want a sinner to gain. Yes, Shinui is usually Kenyan. It really is, should be considered yours. But I don't want you to gain. So therefore that's why it's for a case where we don't want him to get the shach, but in general, he holds that that, that he holds shin is kaina, and again, therefore, when it goes down in value, he would have to compensate him kishas exela. And the gemara says, no, Ami, they said it's no raya. The dig that you're making is not necessarily correct. Remei was responding according to the opinions of the rabbanon's own opinions. In other words, he was really saying, which is not written over there, lididi shine ain't kaina. According to me, I hold, and that, therefore that's what we're saying, could be like the other option we're saying, Shinoi is not a Kenyan at all. Shinoi is Bukhaim Oymet, so whether it goes up or goes down, it's not going to be 
my loss. And therefore, even by the animal, he could really tell him, even though it got older and weaker. But, but what he was telling to the Rabbana was, but according to you, that you say, that a change is going to be an acquisition, therefore he has to pay Kishasek Zeylah. But on that, the reason why he only mentioned Eved wasn't because, as the Gemara had originally made the dik to say, oh, but by Behemah he would agree that it would be Kishasek Zeylah. No, no, that would also be Harish Al-Khalafanacha. But he was disputing them on their own terms. But at least regarding but at least it greeted me by the case of a slave. We know in halacha, a slave is halachically viewed as land. Now, vikarka and land is given back as it is because land cannot be stolen to be acquired by the Gazan with a shinu to be considered as if it's in this domain. No, land is always where it is. And therefore, that's why he was telling him, by the case of the slave, not to make a dik by Behemoth, he would hold that it's not the Rishon Chalafanacha. No, he's saying, even on your terms, that you hold usually shinu is kinda, but that's by Metatlin, not by Karka, and evidence like Karka. And that was Ba'amli Rabban, that's what the rabbis were saying back to him, no, they dispute, which is this Shas type of Machlech, is how we view slaves. They were saying, no, slaves are like Metatlin, and therefore it's going to be, even by Evid, Kishas Exela, because again, we hold Shinu is Kaina, and Evid is like Metatlin, which the halacha of that would apply. But again, don't make that dig that your mayor would hold it, but Behemoth would be Kishas Exela, to infer that he held that Shinu would be Kaina, no, could be hold Shinu is not Kaina. So the Messiah Toshima, Come in here, let's try to bring a different right to this question from a mission leader on the Kovim base. The Mishnah says, if let's say someone gives to a craftsman, to a, a professional, to dye his garment. Now, let's vayaloi adam. He tells him to dye it red. Vitzavoy shach and he dyes it black. Or shacher vitzvoy adam. Tells him to dye it black, he dyes it red. Remeir, I mean, he says, so obviously he, he, he has to compensate this guy who gave him the, the thing to be, to, be, to be dyed. So he says, nice and late, they made sim right. What he gives him back is the value of the wool that he gave him originally, even though now it's actually worth more. I mean, the guy didn't want that color. He wanted black. But whoever wants red, obviously just a blank piece of wool is not worth as much as a red piece of wool. He just didn't want red. He wanted black. So good, you got to pay him back a value of how much his wool was worth. He could buy new wool, but he doesn't, as the Gemara makes the dig, to make Simra in. So Rameh is telling him he has to give him back only the value of the wool. But the made simra bishvachelai doesn't have to give him back what it's worth now, which is the value of the wool and of its increase in value because now it has a red dye in it. So says the Gemara, if you would entertain to say to may hold that shina is not a kenyan, it's it, when someone changes something, it's bimkaimi aimed. So the made simra bishvachelai obviously would have to give him back not just the wool, but even the increase in that wool because what he did to it didn't make it his. It was always the one who gave it to him to do work on. Now, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, but he should at least have to compensate him, not just for the wool, but even the increase, because it was always that person's. Uh, uh, but maybe for the dye itself, or what he gave him, that maybe they would have to pay him for, but the increase of the value of the wool went up much more. And rather from that, the Gemara infers, must be, must be, or mayor holds that no. When the professional changed it, since it wasn't what the guy wanted, so he acquired it, therefore it's his red wool. Now, of course, now on some level it's stealing that guy's wool, so he has to pay him for the wool, but not for the shvach, because he's kind of with the shinai. And therefore what we have to say is, Vahach over here in this brace that we quoted before, must be kanasahu de kokanis, it must be a rabbinic penalty, where we said that, of course, you were kind of with the shinai, but we don't want you getting all the shvach, because we don't want a sinner gaining. Therefore, you have to give everything back to the one that was stolen from. 
Whereas in the case of the dyer over here, where he's not a thief, he's not a sinner, there we're not going to penalize him because he did it by mistake. He didn't realize you're not allowed to switch the colors. Okay, he said red, I made black, he said black, I said red. He didn't realize he was doing something bad. He wasn't stealing right out. Therefore, there the halacha would be as it always is supposed to be, which is kind of a shino. We could infer from there the answer to our question that shino is kind of. And therefore, again, if the value of the animal went down, then he would have to compensate him. Just when it goes up, when then we say that because of this rabbinic penalty, we're going to say he has to give everything back. As we see from this halacha of tzaveya, that shino is kind of. Now, Ikadami, that those that say regarding the previous Gemara's discussion, that actually was never a question. Because Mid'apach Rav, and the fact that Rav turned around the attributions of opinions, as is brought later on, of Tzavivah Mabez, and he actually taught this Mishnah, actually, the, the, the opinions the other way around. That Gazla and the Gir says, Behemah if someone stole an animal and it got older, or Avon and and in his possession, the slaves got older. Misham Kishasa Gizela Divre Meir, here it's the other way around. It's the mayor who says that you pay kashas exela, which obviously is saying that shinu is kaina. Because if it wasn't kaina, you could just get back as it is. So it's the mayor that's saying that. And the sages say, no, by slaves, he could tell them, take it as it is. He doesn't have to pay him kashas exela when they were younger. So therefore, says the Gemara, according to that version of Rav, obviously the mayor holds that shinu is kaina, that's why you give it kashas exela. So that point is moot. That was never a discussion and a question if Remei holds Shin is kind or not. Vahacha, and rather over here in the Brisa that we quoted before, if Shin is kind, so why does he give everything back? It's Kanasu the Kukana slaves because the rabbi is penalized and we don't want a sinner gaining by the fact that now the, the, what he stole is going to give him monetary gain. Rather, Kiko Ibailan, Hachi Ibailan. Rather, the question we had in Remei's opinion was as follows. Kiko Kanas, when Remei holds in his opinion, that when a thief steals something and there's a change, usually it should be shinikoina, but we penalize him and say he doesn't get those gains. Is that only b'mezid? When someone deliberately did something wrong? Avo b'shoigik, but inadvertently. For example, let's say if a consumer purchased something from a goslin and he increases the value, he didn't know that it was stolen. Then loikonis, then we're not going to penalize that person? Maybe even if someone did it by mistake, it doesn't make a difference. We penalize something that was stolen, has to everything go back to the one that it was stolen from, even if it was done by mistake, and even if there was an increase, what's the halacha? That was the question we had regarding Mishaykik. So that the Gemara says, Tashima, let's bring a right from the following Brysa. The Brysa says, There are five people that only collect from what's called Nechasim Nechairin, available properties by the person that is the, is the one that they're collecting from. In contrast to, and they cannot collect from what's known as Nechasim Meshubadim, which is when they had lent the person money, or when this person owed them money. There was collateral, which is all his properties, and then during that interim, he then sold them off. Now when the person is going to come, come in to collect the debt, that would be, on some level, sometimes you could collect from those people, because they're already indebted. There are five types of people that cannot collect from Nechasim Meshubadim, only from Nechasim Nechair. Ve'eluhen, and they are the following five. Peris Ushvach Peris. Which the Mishnah Masech Tzkidin of Mimchesim Abayz explains this halacha that a collector cannot collect the his produce that was consumed or the increase of the land that he he made it better from the Chasim Mishabadim, meaning even though he bought this when that person still had those properties, which only later on he sold them off, and that's because as the Gemara that explains of Tikkun Eilam, because then all consumers could totally lose; they don't know how to gauge how much this person, as the Gemara shortly going to explain this part two, in which. The Gemara explains this case, which is when someone purchases land from a thief. 
and then the one who is stolen from comes to collect from him. He could collect that piece of land. Now, that guy obviously wants to get compensated from the one who sold it to him. Now, if this guy doesn't have where to collect from, the actual land itself, like any consumer, could, could be collected from, from the chasim mishabadim and the chasim nechayrin, that cannot be collected, from, that, that can be collected from the chasim nechayrin, but the payers and the shvach payers, which the consumers who bought from this person, yes, they know he sold off to someone else before, but they don't have to gauge how much payers and the increase in the land, that's, that's unestimable. That, that is not included in the ability to collect from the chasim mishabadim. So that's regarding payers and shvach payers. Second item is ben ubas If someone accepts upon himself the responsibility to feed his wife's son or daughter, where again also it's not able to for a person to estimate how much that is, and therefore that's not including the ability to collect from nachasim shabadim, because then that would halt all commerce. No one would, would buy because although they know about how much is, this person owes at collateral, but that's only things that you could estimate. Third thing is beget which is a a, a document of a loan, she'en by a that doesn't have liability. In other words, the borrower did not take responsibility for his assets for the loan at the time that he took it. He didn't write, all my properties are responsible to you to pay up this loan. So therefore, if he sells it off to someone else, that person cannot collect from it. That would be known as not able to collect from the chasim ha'shabadim. And uksubis isha she'en And the fifth one is, regarding a woman's dowry, the document that the ksuba which he, t- he doesn't take a chryas for, where again, of course, if there's no chryas, he cannot collect from his assets, which are called nechassim shabada. So that's what the Bryce says. S- explains the Gemara the proof. Man shametli do'amar, a chryas lav toy cipher. Who is the opinion that we know that holds, that, that taking responsibility that's omitted is not an error of the scribe who wrote the document. And therefore... That person who has the document, the deed saying you owe me money, and it doesn't say that there's a chrais nechasim, it's not an error, and the guy cannot collect from the chasim mishabadim. And we don't say that, no, no one would ever lend money without collateral of the borrower's properties, and must have been the, the scribe made an error and didn't write it. But, but there is a pin that holds that, no, that was not an error, and we do go based on what's written in the document. And if it doesn't say a chrais nechasim, then there's no a chrais nechasim. Who is it that says that? Which is obviously the Allah of this b'risa. Because it's saying that if there's no achayis nechassim on the ksuba and on the shtar then you can't collect from the chassim mishabadim. Who is that? It's Remeir. Who his opinion is mentioned in Shnayim Eichsen above Metzid of Yudbeiz and Abbeiz. That which talks about a case that if someone finds, he's walking on the street, he finds a shtar A document of a deed of, that's owed from one person to another one. Which doesn't have achayis nechassim. And moreover, the borrower agrees and admits that it must have fell from the lender because he still owes him the money says Remeir that you return it to the lender that he could collect from it because the court's not going to collect from anyone else. You can't say there's going to be kanunya, some type of trick that the borrower's going to do with the lender that then the lender could collect from the borrower's people that he sold off to and then they'll split it between the two. You don't have any concerns because if there's no achayas tachasim, then you can't collect from the chasim mishabadim. So therefore, Remeir is that opinion. Now, Uktani, and therefore, if he's the town of this b'risa, we learned over there, one of the cases was peris ushvach peris that a person's produce that he grew in this field, or the increase of the produce, that cannot be collected from the chasim shabadim. So explains the Gemara, what is this halacha of the increase of the produce? What's that halacha talking about? Must be. It's talking about a case, as we, as we mentioned before, where if someone steals a, a field from his friend, and then he sells it to somebody else. 
Now that consumer goes and he thinks he has a great field, he's so happy, it's a beautiful field, exactly where I wanted it. Now he, he increases the value, he works it, but the value of the field went up exponentially. Now, now it's being taken away from underneath his hands because it turns out the filthy boat was stolen. Now the original owner comes back and takes it away from him. Now, when him, meaning when the lekech, when this consumer is gaiva, when he goes to collect, he goes back to the guy who sold it to him, the thief, which is because, again, since the one who was stolen from comes and takes the field as it is, so lekech goes back to the one who stole it, who sold him with responsibility, so that is, as the Gemara continues on the base, that's this halacha that we're talking about. We're, the principle of the field itself, that yes, he could collect from indebted properties because he, was, he bought from this guy first, where that's like a milva bishtar, it's like a loan in a document. And since he wrote in the document that if it's taken away from me, you could come and collect from my properties, anyone that bought after that point, which are in the chasim meshabodim, he could collect from them because he had the shibud before them. But that's a shvach. But the increase, this is what we're calling Shvach Peris, that's only Menachasim Necharin. That could only be collected from what's available by the guy who sold them, by this Gazlan, but he cannot collect from the collateral from what he sold off, which are called Menachasim Meshabadim. Which, what's this halacha? Because the Asa Bal Arab is Shokal Arab is because the owner of the land, the one that it was stolen from originally, he comes and collects his land and all the increase, whatever's on the field. They take, this is my field. You made it better? <laughs> Great, I, it's, but it's my field. You did, maybe you did me a favor, maybe I should pay you for some of the work, but this is my field. And still, that Lekach will not be able to get that Paris and Shach Paris from the Chasim just from the Gazan if he has. Says the Gemara, my love, Bama Aretz. Isn't it talking about that this consumer is an ignoramus? He doesn't realize this halacha about land being stolen or not being stolen. He doesn't know. He just bought a field. And still, the owner of the land can come and take the land and the increase of the land, which is what we're calling the payers and the shvach payers. So you can infer from this, again, proving, because this is Remeir, he's the town of this price, that even inadvertently, this guy has no clue he did anything wrong, he increased the value, we're going to penalize him that the shvach goes back to the one that it was stolen from. So therefore we see that even like such halacha, that even if a person is kind of b'shinoi, that still, even if it's done b'shaygig, you see that there's going to be knas and it goes back to the original owner. So they said loy. No, it's not, no proof. But lekech, tamachachem, it's told that the consumer was a tamurik scholar. He knows there's such a concept about land being stolen and that it belongs to the original owner, and it's still amazed that he went and did it, so then we knas, then we penalize. It's just like the case of a gazan, we're amazed that we do go ahead and we penalize. That's why we penalize the consumer, but there's no raya if it was bishagig that we would knas. So the Moses Tashim out to bring a different raya, from Mishnah Dav Kofim Mishnah says, as we've mentioned this case previously, comes to a dyer and he says, okay, I want you to die for me red, he ends up dying in black. Shachar, Bitzvay Adam. He says, I want you to die black, he dies a red. So Remeo Amen. Next thing they made Samara, he says, you pay him up, not the value of what it's worth now, which is worth more because it's died. He pays him the value of what it was when he gave it to him, which is the value of the wool. He doesn't want the red one? Fine, I'll pay you how much your wool is worth. So the Diyuk is, they made Samara in, he pays him only the value of the wool, but they made Samara Bishvach But the value of the wool and the increase, that no. Now, says the Gemara, if you'd entertain to say your mayor holds that, and that's who the opinion would go in, that even when it's done inadvertently, when it's not deliberately, that we penalize, so then, 
it's 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 this was this person's things where although he ruined it he he changed it, uh, it, it not deliberately but you should still have to give him the value of the wool and the increase because we penalized you when you did something to someone else's things even inadvertently even b'shaygig. Rather, we can infer from that Mishnah, only by a goslin who deliberately stole something and increased the value, then we penalize him and say, okay, Shin is not going to be kainah. But when a guy does it by mistake, then we don't penalize, whereas Rashi explains, the, the, the Gemara uh, considers the dyer, the professional, as a shaykik. And The reason being is because there are many people that don't know that it's forbidden to change exactly the order of the homeowner. He said he wanted black. Okay, give him red. Give him red, he wanted black. He didn't realize that that's going to be such a problem. And therefore, it was considered a shaygig. And that is why the halacha is that we don't penalize him and the shvach that went of a value. Fine, I'll give you back what I stole from you, which is the wool. But the increase, I get to keep shmamina, that obviously we can infer that your mayor holds that shinu is going to be kainah. But the halacha is that we're going to penalize you when you did it deliberately, when it was done b'shagig, then like Kanas, then there's not going to be and the penalty. But again, that answers the question that originally started off, which the second version of the Gemara held that that was pretty obvious, that of course Shina is kainah, and therefore if it goes down the value, Ramey would agree that he would have to compensate him k'shasa So then it goes up and that we penalize him. But again, regarding this halacha, it only applies to b'meizid and not b'shagig. Now the Gemara goes back, that was explained the first opinion of the Brisa. The second two opinions were Rabbi Huda he says, He says, no, a theft goes back as it is right now. As it is with the eyes, as one sees it, that's what, get, that's what a person gives back. Shimon he says, We view it as if it's evaluated already monetarily with money. When he stole it, it was worth $100. Now, although now it's worth $139, he gives it back exactly as it was worth when, when he stole it, which is $100. So you must mind now. What's the difference between them? Essentially, they're saying both the same thing. If you steal an animal and then it gives birth, so you give it back as it is. So the same thing is what Rabbi Shimon was saying: as it was when you stole it, what it went up in value afterwards. The guy who stole it gets to keep it. Both of them disagreeing with Rabbi Meir. So what's the difference between them? So Rabbi Zvi explains: The difference between them is if there was an increase of the animal, or whatever was stolen, that's still on the stolen item, that's where they disagree. So, for example, if let's say, it went up in value by the goslin, but he yet didn't take it off from the, from the item itself. So, for example, if let's say there was a, an, an animal that, was, that became pregnant, or grew more wool, that would be their difference. That is Rabbi Yehuda Savar Rabbi Yehuda holds that it goes to the one that it was stolen from, because that, those are words Rabbi Yehuda says. He says, It goes back as it is right now, in the state that it is. Whether it went up in value, whether it went down in value, at the time when it's being claimed in court, that's how it goes back. Now, when it goes down in value, is so for example, if let's say that if it, if it sheared already the, the wool and it gave birth, so then he gives it back as it is, but then, as we explained previously, he would have to give him that, what it went down in value, but he doesn't have to give him the increase. And that's because, most definitely, that when he has to give it back to the one that was stolen from, he has to pay him the value of the fetus that was stolen from him, but not the child itself, if it gave birth, that he doesn't have to give back to him. Now, it, what he's disagreeing with Reh Meir was because Reh Meir said that all of the shvach has to give back to the guy. Even if he acquired it by the shearings or the child was born with a shinoi, still remeah holds that we view as if the whole shvach is still on the animal. As if it wasn't shorn 
and therefore you pay everything as we explained previously as opinions because of a kanas. Now it was on that that Rebbe tells him that no, it's as it is right now that he gives it back to him. And therefore, if he claims from him afterwards, okay, but what's with the shearings that were on it when you stole it, or the child, so he gives him how much it was worth when he stole it. Because, but the actual shearings and the, and the child, he did acquire with a shinai. And, but, if it's still the shvach is on the animal itself, so he gives it back to him as is. That's what he disagrees with Reb Meir. And moreover, that's where the disagreement becomes where the Reb Shimon said, Reb Shimon holds that no, even if the shvach is still on the animal, the gazan have it. It's the gazans because he acquired it with a shinui and he only, he only pays the original value that was worth at the time that he stole it. As his words are, Kilu Shumat Slibakes, we evaluated money. It was worth $100. Now, every day it goes up in value, it gets more wool, 110, 120, 130. That all belongs to the Gazan. So that's the difference between Rabbi Huda and Rameyer, where Rabbi Huda says that if it's still on the animal, then he agrees to Rameyer. But if, let's say, it came off, if I took it off, then he could keep it, he give it back as it is. I mean, you give back the animal as is. But again, whatever it was worth before, that, of course, he would have to compensate him. But Rabbi, and Rabbi Shimon says that no, even what's on the animal, if it went up after the time of the theft, that the gosling gets to keep. That's the interpretation of, of Rav Zvid. Rav Papa Amah, he disagrees. He says, no, the kula alma shvach shagabe gizela the gazan hava. Actually, everyone agrees, even, even Rabbi Huda, that the increase on what was stolen belongs to the one who stole it. Now, although Rabbi Huda says the words that you give it back, be'ene, as it is, on that Rav Papa holds, that means to say as it is, meaning as it is, meaning at the time that it was stolen. But whatever increased afterwards, Actually, that belongs to the Gazlan. So what's their disagreement? What they're disagreeing about is regarding what's called as something like a sharecropper, but here in an in a, in a, in a animal, it's like half, a third, or a quarter, which, depending on the custom of that country, which if someone takes an animal and he says, I'll work on the animal, I'll make it robust and make it healthy to increase over a longer period of time, who, how they split it, sometimes they split it 50-50, or they split it that the worker gets a third or a quarter. It's regarding that that they disagree. And that is, Rabbi Huda holds that, no, that as it was at the time that, and here it's the other way around, that's Rabbi Huda that's saying more of the gain is for the Gazlan, in contrast to Rabbi Zvid's opinion, that all of it goes to the Gazlan, because the moment of the theft, it all goes to him, he only has to pay you back as it was at the time that he stole it. However, he holds that no, that this that he says that it was Shuma, that it was evaluated at the time that he stole it, evaluated, in other words, to say like a worker. That's what the Gazan is like. How much would a worker get for now increasing the value? That's according to half or a third of the quarter, but the Gazan does not get all of it. That's the Malchik is according to Rav Papa between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon. Now, that the Gemara asks, now, we learned the halacha of our, of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, If he stole a cow, and then it became pregnant by him, and then it gave birth, or Rachel, he stole a sheep, and it then, it then it grew the wool, and then he, 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 he shared the wool, both, both of them happened in his domain. Says the Mishnah, He pays how much it was worth when he stole it, which was without the wool, without the child. Now, on that, the Gemara makes the following diuk. Yolda in sounds like only if the the animal that became impregnated by him and then he gave birth, so then he would give it back as it was worth at the time that he stole it, which was without the child. Lo yolda hajbeina, but it sounds like from Amishnah that if it did not give birth, 
then you would have to give it back as it is, meaning with the child, which only became impregnated, that shvach, in the Rishos of the Gazlan. So ask the Gemara, Bishlam the Rav Zvid, the Omar, shvach shagah begizela, according to Rav Zvid, who he said, that regarding the increase that's still on the animal that was stolen, the Nigzel Havel Rabbi Huda, that according to Rabbi Huda, that goes to the one that was stolen from... So Haman, So who would the town of Amishta be going like? Be going like a Bihuda. Who yes, the animal that was impregnated by him, because but still it's still on the animal, so that goes back to the one that was stolen from. But El Rapapa, the Amman the Gazan have a bit of coin to Rapapa that says that even a Bihuda agrees, because everyone agrees, that it goes to the Goslin, whatever increased afterwards. It's just a question of of, of how much, but it goes to the Gaza and it does not go back to the Nixon. So, Hamani, so who's the town of a Mishnah? Lori Behuda, Valori Shimon. Now, as Rashi points out, and for sure you cannot say the town of a Mishnah is like Rev Meir, because the Risha of a Mishnah said that if someone stole a cow that was pregnant and they gave birth, or a, a sheep that had wool on it and then he, he, it was shorn, that he has to pay the value of a cow which is a medislated, not one that already gave birth. You don't have to pay the value of the child. Only one that's ready to give birth. Whereas, according to May, we already explained that he holds you have to pay actually for the full value of the wool that was shorn and for the child as they are right now. So the town of the Mishnah is not remade, not Rebbe not Rebbe Shimon. So how do you understand the Mishnah according to Rebbe Papa? So Amalekha Rebbe Papa, Rebbe Papa would tell you that no. Actually, the halacha of our Mishnah would apply that he doesn't have to give back the child if, even if it wasn't born. Still, you would go ahead and pay it back according to the time of when it was stolen. Now, then why did we say the halacha talk about a case of when it gave birth? Which, it sounds like only then do you not have to give back the child. But if it was but not born, then you would have to. And that, the Gemara says, no. I did not know of Rashi since the Rashi spoke about a case of when the animal gave birth, and that was specifically like that to tell us that it doesn't have to pay the value of the wool and of the child as it is right now. Rather, as, and that's the reason why we said it couldn't be like Remeyer, rather the value of a cow that's going to give birth. So Nasav Sefer Nami Lodis, so that's why the Sefer also says a case of that it gave birth, but really that halacha would be, even if it didn't give birth, because again, the halacha would be that it, that it wouldn't go back to the one that was stolen from, whether according to Yehuda or according or to Rebbe Shimon, because it does go to the Gazan. And the halacha would be whether not only that it gave birth, but even if it didn't give birth. So the Gemara says, actually, Tanik Abbasid Rappapa. We actually have a Brisa that supports Rappapa. Because Rebbe Shimon, I mean, the Brisa says, Rebbe Shimon says, this halacha that he said previously, that when, once he steals it, we view it as if it's evaluated in monetary terms by the Gazlan, it says explicitly, like he explained, that actually both of them agree that it goes to the Gazlan, just to be who the holds, all of it goes, and Reb Shimon is the one that holds, and not all of it, but rather only for half, for third and for the quarter. Now the Gemara makes a clarification regarding this last halacha. Amra Vashi says, Kiavin Kahana, when we were in the yeshiva of Kahana, Ibailan, we had the following question. Lirib Shimon, according to this opinion of Rib Shimon, which we just clarified, the that the Gazan takes, again, as Rab Papa had asserted, he takes when it's on the, the stolen item still, he takes a half or a third or a quarter, again, depending on how the contractual agreements usually are in that location. So, so when we remove him, in other words, because you've got to give back the stolen item to the one it was stolen from, but the, the wool or the child, whatever it is, is still on the animal, but we have to pay him for that half, third or a quarter. So, do we remove him with money? Or he takes from the object itself, meaning he really owns, he has an ownership in that item itself, up to a half or a third or a quarter. So therefore, 
do, could we remove him with money, or do we have to actually give him from the flesh, from the meat itself of the animal? And says Ravashi, we had resolved our question from the following halacha of Rav Nachman in the name of Shmuel. Then he said, there are three areas of halacha that we evaluate for that individual who's deserving of the increase in the value. But However, but we, we evaluate for them, we give it to them, not in the object itself, but in the monetary value. And these are the three of them. One is Bechar Lepashet, which is a case of discussing when there is brothers that split the inheritance of the father. So let's say there's three brothers, so, and one of them is the Bechar. So we make it as if there's four portions, and the oldest brother takes two portions. That's what's called, he gets double of the inheritance. So the case is talking about if, let's say, they work and they increase the properties of the father before they split it. Now, at the time when they're coming to split it, so they're going to be taking the Bechar, the firstborn is going to be taking a double portion in the land. Now, the problem is, is that the increase, he has to give back to what's called the Pasha, the, the regular brothers. The Bechar, the firstborn, has to give back that increase, where let's say that would be an increase of a quarter of the portion of what, they had, of, of what the land itself is worth. So on that is what Shmuel had said, that is he gives it back to the, to the simple brother in monetary value. In other words, that really the, the older brother who's supposed to take a double portion is only in the land, but not in what was increased, because that was already after the father's death. That's the head that he has no rights to. So if, let's say it was increased to 12 zuz. So when he takes a double portion in land, he's taking from the, from the shvach 8 zuzim. He has to give back 2 of those zuzim. So on that, two extra zuzim, that he gives it back to the regular brother in monies, and he doesn't give him back from the land. Rather, if he wants to, he could give it to him in money, and he gives him two zuzim. And the other brother can't tell him that, give me land, which is worth two zuzim. That's one halacha where, although the shvach is given to the regular brother, because the older brother is not deserving of that in the double portion, just the land itself, but he could give him money. The second one is which is, let's say, a creditor that's collecting from a purchaser because of the debt which was owed to him by the one who sold it to him, and he had that debt outstanding before that guy sold it to him. So really, the collector has no rights to take the shvach that the lekech made. So therefore, he has to compensate him, he gives him money, and then he gives him that in the value of the shvach, but he doesn't have to give him the land according to the measurement of the shvach that the lekech had had increased. And the third area is which is a creditor that goes to the assets of the orphans because of the debt owed to him by their father. So again, he really has no rights in the shvach of the nechassim, which was made only by the Yisayim after the father had died, but he's collecting the land, which now has that increase. So he gives them the value of the increase in monies, and he gives them money if he wants to, but he doesn't have to give them the land. Those are three areas. So Taisus says that what's being resolved from, from this halacha of Shmuel is that although it says three, but it's what's known as what's called Tan Bishayr, that it said three, but it was some left over, which includes this case of a Gazlan, where the halacha is that Mesalkinun Lebedam, that he doesn't have to give him the, the, the actual meat itself, but rather, although he has to compensate him for the shvach for a half, a third, or a quarter, he gives him the, the value of that, because although usually Tan Bishayr has to be something else left over, Taisa says there is a halacha in Bab Metziah, same thing applies to an aris, a shearcropper, where if he wants to remove the shearcropper, he can remove him from giving him the value which was increased because of his shearcropping in monies and not in the produce in the land itself. So again, that was what he resolved. This halacha of Rabbi Shimon is 
you could be Misalik Medum and you don't have to give him from the actual theft itself, which he had made an increase for, for again, for Mechza Shlish or Revia.